Bible Daily Edition, where we provide a quick biblical interpretations and applications. This is a ministry of striving for eternity. This week we are evaluating a question that was asked of us by the Theology Gals podcast, and it is dealing with the recent Revoice Conference. The recent Revoice Conference was a conference where they attempted to argue that we should be allowing in church people that have a same-sex attraction. The question is, is it a sin? Well, their argument is that homosexuality, the act is a sin, but not the desire, and that those in the church that have that desire should be accepted. Yet, as we will see in this week's podcasts from the dailies that we wrap up, we will see very clearly that not only are they pushing the envelope, and they will continue to, but we see that God does not agree with their conclusions. The fact that people have a lusting of any kind is a sin and must be repented of, not accepted. You would never allow someone that is a murdering Christian or a rapist Christian and say that they should feel acceptance in the church while continuing in their sin, or at least having the desires for that sin, because everyone knows that desire left unrepented of would lead to a temptation that could be acted on. We wouldn't allow a rapist Christian. We wouldn't allow a adulterous Christian. We wouldn't allow a serial murdering Christian, and we should not allow a homosexual Christian to feel comfortable in their sinful desires. If we love them, we are going to warn them. This week, we're going to answer a question that we got from Colleen Sharp from the Theology Gals podcast. This was addressing after the recent Revoice conference that went on, which was a conference to discuss same-sex attraction and how folks that have that can be comfortable within the church. And the question would be, the to address same-sex attraction as a sin. This is one that we're going to have to address in a couple of different ways because there's a couple of different issues with this. Now, here's the moving goalpost that we see with the Revoice Conference. First off, we start with the fact that they are trying to say that homosexuality is a sin. There we can agree. However, we've seen from history that when groups like this make these claims and try to appeal to more conservative groups like conservative evangelical Christianity, they do so never from a position that they want to stay in the position that they're at. In other words, what we can see is that the folks at Revoice Conference today say homosexuality is a sin, but people who have these desires should feel comfortable in a church. We will shortly see in a probably a short period of time that they're going to move to saying that homosexuality should be allowed in the church. This is the movement we always see happen. Now, as we address this this week, we're going to deal in detail with some of the more controversial issues that come up with this and deal with their arguments in detail. You know, on yesterday's podcast, I said that this movement from the Revoice Conference would not sit still and would change Boy, was I surprised to find out not only how right I was, but how quick they changed. Did not know until today, 
people had sent me uh, some comments and tweets from the founders of the Revoice Conference, where they are now arguing for celibate homosexual relationships. They're basically trying to say that people who have a homosexual relationship can remain celibate, have partnerships. It could even be romantic, but they won't have sex. In other words, they can live together romantically and not do the things that they say would actually be a sin. Now, this shows how quickly this movement is moving, and it will not stop here. In fact, there's already arguments for MAPS, that's Minor Attracted People, and GSA, which is Genetically Sexually Attracted People. What those stand for is MAPS stands for people that are pedophilia, and the other is for those who have incest Those are the next things that you'll see being accepted by this group very shortly. As we've been discussing this new movement within Christian circles, specifically Reformed or more specifically the conservative circles, we noticed that the Revoice Conference was held at a Presbyterian church, so they're reaching out to try to get the more conservative Reformed folk to agree with their view of things. Now notice, when they do this, they want the church, us, to change and accept their lifestyle, and they're not looking to submit to the Word of God. Now, one of the things we have to address when we deal with this Is homosexuality the practice a sin? Yes, it is. However, they avoid when they discuss this a key element, which is the question, is lusting for someone other than your spouse a sin? The answer there is yes, it is. In other words, when they argue that they can have lustful thoughts for someone of the opposite sex and it is not sin, I'm sorry, God does not agree. God says in Matthew that if we do such a thing, it is a sin. And on tomorrow's podcast, we're going to look at that verse in a little bit of detail so that we can see why this group's argument that they cannot physically conjugate, but they would be able to just think things, is still sin. We address the fact that whether it is homosexual lusting or heterosexual lusting outside of marriage, it is considered a sin by God. He judges our heart, not just our actions. His standard is so high, he says we must be perfect, not only in our actions, but also in our thoughts. And therefore, he considers lusting Adultery. This is what Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 and 28. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone that looks at a woman with lustful intent has committed adultery with her already in his heart. Now this clearly states that God will judge any lustful thoughts as adultery. Therefore, if you are lusting for anyone outside of your spouse, it is 
adultery of the heart. And that is exactly how one would be judged. There is no way that anyone in a homosexual relationship, you want to call it a celibate partnership where they do not carry out the act, that is a claim you can make. However, there is still the sin of lusting after another person. And this is the thing that has to be addressed. There is no way this would be accepted if it was heterosexual couples, and we'll deal with that issue tomorrow. Would any church allow a couple, even if they were engaged to be married, to be members of their church when they're living together? Now, I know that this is something frowned upon, a couple that is living together, heterosexual, in a romantic relationship, because the assumption is, well, they're probably fooling around. And this is exactly the argument trying to be made by folks at the Revoice, that they say that they can have celibate partnerships where they're romantically involved with one another and yet not carry the act out. That is like saying that you will tempt yourself, but not actually give in. No, the reality is what they're doing by this is pushing the envelope. They want to move closer and closer to where they ultimately want to get to. They want the church to accept those that practice homosexuality into the church as normal. And this is an attack on Christ's church. This is an attack that they're trying to put forward so that they can feel accepted. The reality is, when we look at Christ, he tells us we must suffer for his sake. If you have homosexual feelings, then you must suffer by not giving in to them. The solution is not to force the church to change, but you to submit to Jesus Christ. This podcast is part of the Striving for Eternity ministry. For more content or to request a speaker or seminar to your church, go to strivingforeternity.org.